and the American Athletic Conference indeed did announce its all-conference performers for the year, and Sydney Nacello was the unanimous choice as the offensive player of the year. She had tremendous numbers, of course, but more than that, the way she controls the game, the way she draws the attention of the other team. Ten goals along with four assists, and of course those clutch last-minute goals that you heard quite a few of in our last segment. And remember, this is all voted on by the coaches in the league, so to have her be the unanimous offensive player of the year, when others, frankly, had pretty good stats as well, tells you that they know the impact that she has on the game. The defensive player of the year was the one that was picked as a preseason defensive player of the year, Cincinnati's Ashley Barron. I know that the Bulls were hoping for Cheyenne Dennis or Vivian Bissett, but they both made first team all-conference along with Nacello. Those were the three. UCF's Daria Raji and their goalkeeper Caroline Delisle were the midfielder and goalie of the year, and to have a sixth place team have two player of the years essentially seems a little strange, but not with Delisle. I mean, she kept them in games. They ended up tying SMU thanks to her. And really, she had the most impressive numbers. And she is, of course, a Tampa girl, so we don't have any issues with that. Haley McWhorter, we mentioned, was the Rookie of the Year from East Carolina. She was terrific. Six goals, including three game winners. And the Staff of the Year was Houston, Diego Bocanegra, as they get their highest seed by quite a bit in American history, for the Cougars anyway. They're the two seed, the best they have been was the sixth seed, and they were picked to finish seventh. So, yeah, Houston deserved that. Two Bulls were named to the second team, and again, this is something that I appreciate the fact that the coaches vote on it because Sabrina Wagner does not have stats. She just has unbelievable stamina and control and will come in and roam all up and down the pitch, especially from her midfield role. So she was second team, as was the Bulls goalkeeper, Sidney Martinez. As far as the rest of the all-conference performance, you can head to theamerican.org. We'll tell you the SMU participants, because those are the ones we'll be most concerned with tonight. The only first teamer was Courtney Sabasco, who was their senior midfielder and leading scorer. Frankly, she wasn't much of a factor against the Bulls. I'm more concerned with Wayne Bellotta, who is their striker. She was one of four Mustangs on the second team. Two defensive players, Brooke Golick and Elizabeth C., who was very impressive as a freshman, and Katina Sapos, a midfielder. So they definitely have some talent. We'll tell you more about them as we hit the air tonight. C, spelled, by the way, T-S-E, was on the all-rookie team, which makes sense, along with Sammy Nieves, who was a big-time speed threat on the right wing. Also, the Bulls' Madeline Penman-Durston was named to the all-rookie team. The reason the Bulls are at home tonight is thanks to, of course, being the number one seed for the conference tournament, winning the regular season championship. And just to catch you up on some of the ways they got there, frankly, it could have gone many other ways, but the Bulls used some last-minute heroics to get to where they are. Just to sort of put it in blatant terms, the Bulls started off the first half of their conference schedule 3-0-1 and easily could have not won any of those games. Actually, the last-minute stuff started early in the season. In their second game, they outshot North Florida, of course, non-conference. But despite the 26-2 shot advantage, it took until the second overtime for that 26-shot, a penalty kick drawn by none other than Sidney Nacello, who, of course, scored the goal to beat the Ospreys. Then it was actually a last-minute loss with about 30 seconds left to LSU that sent the Bulls to 2-1. and one. And then they were headed in that direction against Kentucky, maybe another last-minute loss. 
but then they scored two goals in the final seven minutes to win that game 2-1. to one. And oh, by the way, they were a player down as Cheyenne Dennis got a red card in that game. So they come into conference play against East Carolina on Thursday, September the 16th. And this is where the true craziness of this season began. The Bulls were out playing the Pirates. In fact, they outshot them in the second half 21-3. to three. But... They weren't able to convert a goal. They were down one to nothing, and they had been since about 20 minutes into the game until finally, with about six minutes to play, they tied the score. Nacello to LeBlick. Let's see if she can get the service down. Oh, good chip. Rising up to head it is a bull, but headed away again by ECU. Sent across. And into the net! I don't know if that was a shot by Lucy Robertson. I don't care! They had that coming! And they've tied it up! After chipping away and finally scoring, the last thing you'd expect is for the Pirates to answer. Well, their first goal I mentioned by Haley McWhorter, the freshman of the year in the conference, incidentally, just named yesterday, was about from 40 yards away. They did it again, different player, again, after the Bulls had finally gotten on the board. You hear the Bulls coaches yelling to get back into the action there. That is a goal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Another long-range blast. Three minutes and 15 seconds left. So this was not a good start to conference. At least it didn't look like it. But Sidney Nacello, who had actually been pulled out of the game when the Bulls had tied it for the express purpose of getting her a little bit of rest and roll her out for the overtime and maybe get the winner in overtime. Well, they needed a tying goal again in regulation. Man, did she come through. So that wasn't quite as far away as the McWhorter goal in the first half, but it was a long-distance blast. That time, City Martinez had to see it coming, and she just couldn't make the save. Now Nacello gets into the box. Has a rip. And a goal! I need to tell you, this is amazing! Two minutes and five seconds left. What else? could you ask for? And then in overtime, the Bulls would get the winner. And they're all pointing towards Dennis. It's not going to get that far as Amela has it. Boy, everyone on the ECU bench, everyone in the stands was yelling, get on two, because Cheyenne was being all casual there. Now she has it on the right side. Good chip ball into the middle. Gets over towards Masello, heads it, and it's in! The Bulls win! Deservedly so! That was Chloe Zamella. Bulls actually outshot ECU 29-5. Only two shots that were on goal for ECU were the two that got in the goal, but the Bulls get the win. Again, a game they could have lost quite easily. After a non-conference win at FGCU, back to the league, and on a Friday night in Tulsa, the Bulls against the team that ended up being at the last play spot in the conference, yes, we're having the better of the play, but in the second half, Tulsa actually outshot the Bulls. <laughs> However, they really pressed for that goal in overtime, putting up nine shots in the extra sessions. And finally, with nearing a minute to go in the overtime, got the win. Madeline Penman Durston scored it. We don't have the highlight because that was the infamous Tulsa announcers saying that UCF had won the game. It was actually USF. Thank you very much. Regardless, what would have been, frankly, a very disappointing tie ends up being a win. So again, they could have lost. Again, they could have tied. Instead, two wins. And then they actually were happy for a tie because Thursday, September the 30th, they were a minute away from losing one nothing at home to Houston. Sadie Nacello, she's always got magic. Spins around, gets into the box. Left side, gets some help. And a penalty is called! She is charged off the ball with 45 seconds left. And the Bulls will have a chance to tie it up. Crowd is silent. 
big crowd hoping to respond. Masello runs up and scores! Boy, she barely got that one high and to the right. That's exactly where Mika Gracia was headed. And what an effort. What a shot. And oh, by the way, the Cougars still could have won. This took place in overtime. Pushed ahead by Hudson for Houston. One-on-one, -on -one, this could be the game. Sydney Martinez makes an incredible save! Unbelievable! As the path opened up, and Martinez just saved the game for the Bulls. So to recap, three games, two that the Bulls were very close to losing, one to tying. So instead of just one point in the standings, they've got seven. Then they go to Orlando, take a 1-0 lead. The Knights would rally back to tie. And remember we told you near a minute to go in overtime against Tulsa? Less than a minute left in the second overtime in Orlando is when the Bulls got the winner. We know the other way for USF. Pass Rajai and out to Nacello. Nacello bearing down on Lewis. Cross comes to the top of the area. It falls, a shot, and a goal! It's a winner! Emily Limeri wins it for USF with 50 seconds left on the clock. So that is called living right. 3-0-1 midway through their conference schedule when you could make the reasonable argument that of the four games, they could have not won any of them. Two that looked headed for ties, the Bulls win. Two that looked headed for losses, the Bulls win and tie. But then their luck, if you want to say it that way, kind of ran out in a really pivotal week of the season as they lost to tonight's opponent, SMU. This was Sunday, October the 10th, 2 to nothing. And with Memphis beating Cincinnati that day, it was the Tigers in first place in the conference. The Bulls had to sit around for a week knowing their next game would be at Memphis which was perfect in the conference and the highest-ranked team in the league. Another overtime win. This one did not go down to the last minute, but still was a major, major victory. With the right foot, Moberg is way up. Cutting down the angle. Will she get burned? Yes. Got ahead and off the fingertips, trying to cut down the angle of the initial shot. The follow is there, and USF will get it in extra time, and they will go ahead of Memphis in the standings. It was no doubt the most pivotal day of the season. It was Sunday, October the 17th. You had eight teams playing. Only two of them won. The Bulls and the last place team Temple beating Houston. Another result that without which the Bulls would not be hosting the conference tournament. So in their next two games, while they were winning two to nothing, the Bulls needed a little help from Memphis basically not to win out. They got it from Houston, which beat the Tigers one to nothing. And actually Memphis would turn around and lose its next game against East Carolina. So there was a lot of early drama. The Bulls have made the games more smooth of late. Let's hope it continues tonight between the Bulls and SMU in the American Athletic Conference semifinals.